cracking everybody welcome back to another episode of checkpoint afk i am your host norris howard sitting here at the crib alongside with all of the wonderful people of checkpoint this week we got Callie sloan we got robbie landis and finally returning to the show we got weird beer everybody say what's up what up what up what up if you're watching us on chat, twitch.tv slash checkpoint XP, if you are subscribed, you make sure you hit us with the what up does in the chat. They're there for your use. Say what up, though, to everybody. And also, don't forget, you can check all the episodes of Checkpoint AFK of all of our other shows over on the YouTube. You can see all of our shows there as well. Checkpoint uh, XP on campus, Owl's Nest. All of our stuff. And if you're watching live, YouTube. you can drop those sweet, sweet subs like uh, Vibin' with Violet just did with the Twitch Prime sub coming in. Ooh. Very nice. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving seeing the chat light up. That's that's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, but as we always do, we start to show off with some reviews. So, Kelly. Yes. Do we do have we, reviews? Yeah, do we have at least one? We do not. Oh no! Yeah. These people suck. Not a single. No. They suck. Well, I. You know what? That's not technically fair. There is one. It is a five okay. star review. It just doesn't have a message attached to it. Oh. Okay. So oh. here's what that here's what that tells me. This is so. The show is so good. There's no words. <laughs> There's no words. There's nothing I can say that can improve this show. Does, so does, does it? Does it? Does five it at least star. have like a title to it? Nope. It's blank. It's, I don't know if they just did something wrong. I didn't know you could so leave good. it blank. Someone literally just came and was just like, yeah, five stars. All right. Like, I, in That's my it. head, it's not actually that it's blank. It's just that it's like a soundtrack or anything. It's like got the angelic choir playing underneath the five stars. <laughs> like when like when yes. Doug sees Patty Mayonnaise. Like. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's what our show is. Our, our show is like Doug seeing Patty Mayonnaise. That's going to be the new description when we try to pitch it to people. See, I, 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 like, I, like, I, like, I like Violet's explanation. Whoever that was, they're just speechless. Correct. They've just got. Speechless. There's nothing more Amazing. to say. It's it's perfect. Mate. Yeah, but if, if you guys uh, would like to, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We read reviews on the show all the time, good or bad. It does not matter. We will read it. So, it li- we, some of our best, our favorite reviews are the bad ones. Amen. Uh, I believe we've been. I believe we've been called uh, social justice warriors. Oh yeah. Uh, I believe we've been called um, uh, talentless hacks. Hacks. T- talentless hacks. Or I believe we've been called uh, cis hat cucks. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, I was about to ask if you haven't gotten a cuck, are you even trying at this point? <laughs> uh, I don't. Have we been called oh, like, exactly. the police. Hold on. <laughs> Libtard cuck. Absolutely, we've gotten that one. Legit. For Hold on. Sure. One second. One second. One second. Legit, hold on. Luke, for real, I think the police is not in my dog. Hold on. Oh, right. oh, God. Oh, all right. the, you, I don't want to witness a murder out. on my show. All right, quick. No, in chat, drop what Norris is being arrested for. Norris is getting Norris swatted is being, right now. Whatever he's being arrested for, put it in chat. Whoever is the correct winner, uh, $100 to you right now. Uh, I have an idea, though, since we don't have a review this week. Uh, Rick, obviously, you you still watch the shows because I think you, you put them together to go on YouTube. Yeah. So why don't – and you be, it's been a minute since you've been on. So why don't you give us a review of, uh, of how the last few shows have gone, in your opinion? Because um, I actually – I rewatched AFK last night even. See, there so you it's, go. It's fresh in my mind. Okay, I'm not swatted. Okay, okay. we were worried for you. 
Yeah, no, it was it was something that came that is, that is incredibly important oh, that needed oh. to get delivered to me in my hand. I see. In a in packaging that came yes. from Mexico, or it just got served or something. No, I didn't get served, and no, I'm not dealing drugs, Rick. <laughs> um, all right, insane. those are the first two things we go to. Uh, <laughs> no, why? So I'm giving. Uh, so as a review for what I've seen of AFK lately. Um, it's a lot of fun watching Callie kind of have to push back a lot on Norris, it seems like. Um, it was interesting, though, to see everybody get along on Final Fantasy VII. I thought that was going to be the one thing that no. everybody... No one was, was more surprised than us that we got to play a game <laughs> and all love it. No, let so. me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We were going to get along on that. I, I knew Robbie was going to have things to say, period. Of course. Because Robbie... <laughs> Loves that game so much. I mean, we we listen to quote James Baldwin. He loves Final Fantasy so much that he reserves to write the right to criticize it furiously. And so I get it, right? Callie and I. That's not our favorite Final no, Fantasy. No, so yeah. if it was good, we were gonna give it credit. Robbie, that could have been the Citizen Kane of video games. Robbie would have been like, but the fucking sled. Who cares? <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. So, Norris, I, I do need to point like out that. your uh, your voice is sounding much more silky smooth this episode than last. Well, that is thanks to the HyperX Shoutcaster. Cut the check, HyperX. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a great mic. I love it. Do you feel like you upgraded in life? Does like your life feel better now that you have that mic back? Well, yeah, because I could do this. Oh, wait, what? Okay, so for the people who <laughs> I thought it wasn't going to turn back on. <laughs> so you you, yeah, so you, so, can, you can you can turn so your for mic the off. Who are, so for the people who aren't watching, there's this beautiful red brilliance uh, that shines from the microphone, and if I tap it, it cuts off, and it also mutes the microphone. So it's, it's and, and it's like lovely. like the almost like like fifty percent of the mic is just the light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm, I do have a concern about that. If you're trying to turn off the mic by tapping it you're gonna get a loud tap sound on the recording not all the time oh okay you can do it really gently too the first time you do you just like smacked it i'm like that's not yeah, any help I was at all just being, i was being a jackass <laughs> that's even worse yeah i was just being weird but uh it, it's good it's good to have weird beer back on the show because he usually has really bad takes oh for sure yeah we, we usually need somebody on the show like usually everybody else is pretty logical we need somebody who just doesn't know what they're talking about sometimes well, i can throw a bad take out there with the best of them i feel like pretty good at it usually it's food related though it's food. listen yeah, usually I, it's food. I just want to be the wild card i'm the charlie day of the group all right so well, like... you know what we we and we also need somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about on, on csgo and, and i don't know shit about csgo so you know we, <laughs> you, we need that did you watch any of the stream so uh on thursday of this week i streamed with callie playing csgo instead of valorant um did you happen to catch any of that i terrible... did <laughs> it was so bad we went bad. we went two two or no we went two one and one right yeah we went two and yeah. one and one yeah but it was still well, it was I'll, bad. I'll say this callie callie you are significantly better at csgo than you are at valorant I certainly had way better games on, on CSGO than I do on Valorant. Like, I went almost even KDA almost every game, and I had one that I was well above yeah. K, uh, even, so mm-hmm. I'll take that. Yeah, but, so yeah. I, I, I definitely I definitely get that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, with that said, we are going to take a slight break and kind of return to CSGO a little bit for another conversation about 
not just CSGO, but also Overwatch and any game that has ranked in it because we are going to talk about MMR and how can you really rank something? How can you rank individuals really in a team-based game? How should you? How should you do it? So we're going to have that conversation when we come back for more Checkpoint AFK. And you can pretty much just go again because we don't have a commercial to play this time. <clears throat> You're good. <clears throat> What's up and welcome back to Checkpoint AFK. Your host Norris Howard here. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out the Checkpoint XP website, make sure you go over there. We put all sorts of news posts really funny articles and editorials and also it's home base for all of the content you can see all of our episodes or get the drop down to see all of our episodes as well as participate in some really cool contests where we give away all sorts of stuff all the time and our shop is over there if you want some really cool checkpoint xp merch as well Man, so i need more checkpoint xp merch in my life dude my favorite coffee mug is my checkpoint xp coffee mug yeah flat out but uh, make sure you head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com, where you could get all of the new hotness. Now, Valorant just put its ranked mode live. Mm-hmm. First of all, even uh, talking about ranked in a game that's not even out yet is <laughs> odd. It's weird. It's very odd. But uh ranked is live in closed beta people have been clamoring for it they are ready to show off their epings and all of their you know big brain plays because they made it to platinum um but i think it raised the question because riot put out a statement essentially saying that individual skill and all that type of stuff would go into how far you rank yes um it would be taken more heavily into consideration based on your rank. It won't be just wins and losses, even though that is still the highest point. Uh, that is still the most weighed point is wins and losses. But your 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 individual play will go into it as well. With this said, we all participate in ranked in various games. Cali, you and I play League. Yep. Robbie, you and I play Overwatch. Callie, you and Weird Beer play CSGO. We've all played Valorant at some point or another. Is this the right way, you think, for online games to begin ranking? Should individual skill play more of a part in this? I mean, I think it's one of the... The situation is it's easy to say yes because... Like, when you say it, it it sounds great. Yeah, of course, I want more than just whether I won or I lost to play a hand in whether or not I'm good. Because if I get hard carried by four people, I'm not actually, maybe I'm not good enough to actually be going to a higher rank. And if I'm playing really well and my team is awful, then I don't want to be punished for that. So when you say it in the abstract, yeah, absolutely, it's a good thing. But I, I think it's really disingenuous to just say yes without acknowledging how freaking difficult a task like this is because yes. it is incredibly difficult to do well. Um, so I think has anybody really torn into the way that they score uh, like kills and ranking stuff on Valorant yet? Not in Valorant, not not me personally. I know how it goes in into in League, and I know how it works in Overwatch. So, like, oh. one of the one of the ways that I like what Valorant is doing is they place emphasis upon, like, 
when your kill happens and how many you get. So if you get uh, five kills, if you get an ace in a round, like that's worth way more than getting five kills over five rounds. Um, yeah. And they also do that it. Makes sense. They also do it depending on how many of your teammates are still alive. So you know, like they they weight those things differently, which I think is like where you start to scratch kind of how like how deep do you want to take the wormhole on this well but because... i think you make a good point though because if you take five kills in a round and get the ace you carried that round and won a round for your team versus five over five rounds you got the bare minimum expect you're expected to kill one person yeah. before you die that's the goal so it's it's odd i just don't <clears throat> know how they're going to be able to balance from a like in a, a 5,000 foot perspective and on the ground perspective, because yes, wins at the end of the day really kind of matter the most once you settle out into like your strata of what your skill level is. But at the same time, like just because I have 20 kills in a game, but they all came at the end of the game when we were already up, you know, 11 to, to two, that's not, it's not the same, you know, as early on, like, when the game is still competitive. Like, when people just give up at the end of a game, right? You, you yeah, can you're just, just farm farming kills. up. Who cares? You know, like, all of a sudden you'll have a high KDA. Like, you have to be able to balance that with, like, okay, at the beginning when they were still competitive and we were only winning rounds with one person alive, two people left alive. Like, that's the part. See, in a perfect world, I think we all agree that, first of all, if you're winning or losing, that should determine if you're gaining or if you're losing SR. I don't care how good you are. If the team loses, if your team loses, you probably shouldn't get uh, any, like, rating added onto you. But how much you gain and how much you lose should definitely be dependent on it, right? If I lose a game and I have the highest stats, I shouldn't be losing as much as the guy who, you know, went AFK for half of it and didn't get a single kill, right? And from game to game, it's probably a lot easier to determine something like that. Rick, I hadn't even thought about the idea that, you know, early on in the game when everyone's really trying their hardest, that technically that maybe in theory should be weighted better than at the end of the game. Because you're right, if you're stomping out another team, by the end, there's a lot of them that are probably just feeding to get just it over. AFK, with. yeah, they don't care. When that you're point. up 10-1, what does it matter who you're killing at that point? The other team, yeah. is mm-hmm. their economy is crippled and you're super ahead and they don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I see what you guys are saying, but at the same time, I also feel like, especially in a game like Overwatch, where team cohesion... Overwatch is even more difficult, yeah. And team team communication is, I mean, paramount. If your team is not communicating, or at least on the same page somewhat, you will not win that game. You will not win a game. You won't win anything. Um, But at the same time, there's ways that you're measuring somebody's uh, effort at the very least you're measuring somebody who is trying still even though your team is losing by quite a bit i feel but, like that person that, that ended but i feel like that individual even in a loss right is somebody that probably shouldn't be be punished because they're 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 trying to carry a team if, if i'm a player who in a team with communication is a platinum or diamond level player but because i have to solo queue uh because i have no friends or because i can't schedule with my friends because i'm solo queuing that i am stuck in silver gold because nobody wants to communicate or because i keep getting stuck with with people who don't necessarily know the game as well 
but I am still putting up the numbers that I need to put up in line with my role. So I'm not a mercy running around with gold kills. No, I have gold healing. I have gold objective time. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but we're constantly losing. But you should can't that take person, should you that can't take it into Valorant. I'm not. I'm not necessarily uh, saying that. I'm saying but, in general. Okay. Even talking about Overwatch, though, I, I think I tend to agree with Robbie that I mean, at the end of the day, they they rate win loss as the highest stat. So let's say you lose the yeah. game, you go down ten SR, just as an example. But so, yeah, to Norris's point, if you make gold in the stats that you're supposed to make, you're playing in line with what your role is. You play pretty well, <laughs> but your team happened to lose. Maybe you only lose two SR instead of ten. This this is the issue with with Overwatch though is the way that they do stats within the game whether or not it, it, it mm-hmm. tallies it differently behind the scenes is different. But gold, silver, and bronze isn't determined based on like a global average. It's determined based on that game, right? That game. If yeah. everyone on your team yeah. gets one kill and you get two, hey, well I got two gold kills. I guess that means I carry I my gold. team. I shouldn't yeah. be punished as much as you guys are. No, yeah, that's oh, right. That's it, would, it has no, to be but, against but, global average. But here, right. but here's the issue, in my opinion, with all SR, all MMR, is that I don't know if all of it is ranked on a global average, which is why I think rolling out ranked for Valorant is a little bit weird right now because the game <clears> hasn't <throat> been out long enough, nor has the sample size been big enough to create a global baseline. Well, there hold on, hold on. Global... The sample size hasn't been big enough? The amount of no. people that are playing this game and the sample no. size isn't big enough? No. I don't well, think most, most people are watching. No. Most people still no, aren't not. playing. Those people are not, yeah, those people are not playing. They're watching. So so you'd rather, what, have the first season of uh, actual, like, retail release be the, uh... No, I would rather, I would rather have this game. I would rather have this game out for two months after release and then roll out ranked officially. But let's Absolutely. also be very clear mm. that with Valorant, the purpose of competitive coming out isn't isn't actually to rank people. The purpose yes. of Valorant coming out with ranked right now is to, is to get people who know what they're doing out of games with people who don't know what they're doing. Like yes. it's to get some semblance of of like. Because right now I can go. It's, I'm in a weird spot, right? I can go into a game of Valorant, and because I know the fundamentals of CS:GO, I am automatically better than the lowest tier of players in Valorant. But as soon as I meet someone who's mechanically good at the game, I get my head it's kicked in. That's it. For something, me. something, something else too that I think Riot might be keeping in mind is uh, I think that they're trying to learn from any mistakes that Apex development had, and one of the biggest things that Apex got roasted for was that their competitive or like like their ranked system did not come out fast enough. So even if you believe that, you know, coming out trying to come out with the 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 ranked mode in beta is too soon, I think you'd rather be too soon than too late with it. Now let me Always. let me talk about Apex's ranking system a little bit cuz I think I'm the only person here who likes playing Apex. Um Yes. You I are. I kind of like they're ranked and here's why is because it's an entry fee to every every match you play. They See, go, that's cool, but you know want to know why tw- I have no, why I have nothing to say about their ranking system because it took them so long to get it out I stopped playing before it that, came out and now I don't care. That's fine, but I I'm just saying from somebody who does play it still, like it's literally an entry fee because it's a battle royale. You want to drop a whole bunch of times in a row and, and just try to drop as fast as possible and farm kills and you just get your head kicked in. Sure. Do it, but you're going to drop in rank because, like, to go up, the ranking is literally just a threshold. If you have more than this amount of uh, RP ranking points, 
you're in the next tier. That's what it is. But if you use that entry fee too many times, you fall below that threshold, you drop. That's it. That's just right, the way but, it works. But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, is that is that threshold is not based on anything but an arbitrary point yep. system. Is yes. not based on anything that has anything to do with what makes a good player. If I'm in a team with two other people who are really, really good pro level, if I queue with those two people every single time, oh, I'm you'll go all the way to the top. I'm getting those ranking points. Yeah. Period. So it doesn't matter how good individually that I am. So that's the point that I think it makes it flimsy and why every ranking system needs to be based on some sort of baseline. Because if I don't know, what actually makes a good player then it becomes significantly harder to determine how far somebody actually should be should and mmr systems be front but the thing is but the thing is is that many of these games already have these tools built in if you go into the league client and you've played enough games in draft mode even even in even in non-draft even in blind you can go in and compare yourself based on what position you're playing with every other tier in that queue. So if you're queuing up, uh, if you're queuing up a uh, draft pick, you can see, all right, I play a lot of Caitlyn. Here's how every, all the Caitlyn's in bronze, silver, gold, whatever rank are playing. Here's what they focus on. Here's what they're good at. Here's what they're not paying attention to. So you know what it is that you're supposed to actually be doing to be good because it's all based off a of baseline, but that only comes from data. That only comes from yeah, so actually, people playing your uh, game. Uh, I'd like to hear you and uh, Callie's opinion on how you feel the MMR rating, like when you lose, when you win, how much it gives or takes away from you. Do you feel like League is better than other games you've been in? Because the other thing too is, remember we once talked to uh, Dr. Aminisa uh, on the national mm -hmm. show about uh, Mobilytics, which is a uh, third party that actually helps Riot and League with all of their analytics right. and stuff like that. So it's definitely something that I think that League has a leg up on compared to other uh, developers that probably do it more internally. Like Valve. Do you feel, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like uh, out of all the MMR systems that, that you've experienced, do you think that League is probably one of the most fair and balanced? Honestly, the most fair and balanced ranking systems are in fighting games, to be honest. But again, that is because on, the only thing you're ranking is wins and losses. And yeah, so your individual skills. performance is wins it, and losses. Right. Wins and losses. I, but um, to, to your point, I think League has it down packed because League has been out for a decade. And they've had 10 years to figure it out. All right, so um, what's CSGO's uh, excuse then? I, I do. They're CSGO is the worst. It's we. <laughs> it's because here's the thing. Like, there's roles that don't get like stats for. If I'm playing uh, like a support, I'm throwing the utility. I'm throwing smoke grenades. I'm calling out. Okay, let's push now. Let's down, not push. That's gonna be totally lost. You know what I mean? Like, right. in it's, the something, sauce. It's, it's something you can't measure. It's like a good flanker in See, Overwatch isn't okay. necessarily getting kills and damage. But see, but that's bullshit, though. And that's what I'm saying is that for uh, for all the unique stats that we get in a game like Overwatch that is baked into that software because they pull it out for Overwatch League every game. So the stat calculation is there. It's bullshit that that's not used for regular ladders. That's bullshit because you know what makes a good off tank. And yes, appeal might not necessarily be calculated, but... 
you can tell if somebody is getting solo kills as an off tank on another off tank or on but a healer. The point we're you making. You know what that is. The point that you, I think it, that's there. Rick is getting at is in CSGO, if you have a support character, sure, you can measure that they're throwing their ordinance, but you're not, you can't measure whether their smoke is successfully blocking off vision. You can't. Or uh, the timing or like. It's not you like know. your opera where you can literally, you can measure your opera on straight KDA and damage dealt. That's basically all that matters yeah. for that character. But if you're playing a support role, it is extremely hard to measure whether you're doing a good job. Or somebody like there's the lurk, right? Like just the idiot that usually goes to the other side of the map and plays, you know, from mm-hmm. behind. Um, you know, like they may pick up a whole bunch of kills, but they, they're just picking up the last, you know, whatever trash is left right, over. Fair. I mean, I, I, under, I understand that point because if you use a traditional sports analogy, you know, it's you, you can't measure how well a tight end blocks. Right. Exactly. But everybody knows exactly. if your tight end blocks well everybody else in your offense plays better pro football focus would like to tell you you absolutely can measure that but i think they're lying (laughs) well and i mean but but that's what i mean is that if esports is going to be quote-unquote just sports they have to start thinking about stuff like that because robbie you're right if if you're playing as a hanzo there has to be a measurement for how many people get revealed by your sonic arrow like that has to be a stat period that's well, fair. They have to be able to calculate that. But the, but I think, again, that's getting a little too far into the abstract and more so my point of if you're going to factor in, a, if you're going to make a ladder system, you have to factor in individual performance no matter what. And it has to be made off some sort of standard because if not, then you're just throwing people throwing numbers at people and everybody is going to be disappointed with their results yeah see uh, one of the things in overwatch when doing ranked that that always just confused the hell out of me was people being like you know you you shouldn't switch a whole lot when you're doing ranked because then you have lower stats on all of your characters and that's gonna put you at a lower rank and the idea that you somehow in overwatch the only game that encourages you to swap heroes that you're actually discouraged to swap heroes is just absolutely mind blowing. I mean, I, 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 or sorry, go ahead, Callie. I was just say, I think about League of Legends and how like they do an okay job. Back to Robbie's original question, how does League do? I think they do an okay job, but I think the task that they have set before them with the game that they've created is nigh impossible. When you think of the support role and how you can effectively measure the performance of a support player, it's like in an age where you have characters like Senna and Pike. All of a sudden, yeah. that like I think support used to be a very easy role to measure. You could measure yeah. it based on how, how much well your AD carry did. How many assists do you have? How many wards do you have down? How many assists? How much healing? How much shielding did you do? You mm-hmm. could measure it pretty simply. In the modern era of support, how you measure a good support player is, not to mention it changes based on what's in the meta. Once assassins fall out of the meta, anyone who played Pike is screwed. Like, I don't know. I don't like League does an okay job. And I don't think well, that it's because they don't want to do a better job. I think they might literally be up against the limit of what you can measure well. Well, and but the, but at the same time, I, I still think for for league, I understand that under that undertaking, and so I don't expect as much from that game. You know, in terms of in terms of ranking, in terms of ladders, I don't expect as much because there's way too many variables in a MOBA anyway. Yeah. Because then, how do you you want to talk about how good is somebody? Are they itemizing well? Are they using the top? Well, this and this and that. Think and about third. this, so, Norris. We've it, seen we've weird. all seen top laners go absolutely ham in top lane, 
but they don't build in a way that helps the team fight any, and you just lose at mid-game because they can't do anything at that point. Did they actually help at all, even though their stat line's going to look pretty good in a loss? No, they didn't. I think League, exactly. honestly, is one of the only games you probably could relatively safely just measure it in wins and losses purely. Like, yeah, because I mean, maybe, of, there's so many weird scenarios in League. Maybe, but I think when, when it comes to Valorant and when it comes to building anything, um, they have to take individual skill into account because in that game, more so than many other games, one person is going to affect the outcome of any given round or any given match. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. They're just doing a better ranking system than CSGO. Like, that's that's literally the bar <laughs> that they have to hit. I'm not joking. Like, but that's no, I, I, look, I, I agree with you. And even All having not played a lot of CSGO and a lot of Valorant, even when you compare it up next to Overwatch, I, I get that individual ranking or sorry, individual performance should be better because unlike in Overwatch where kills don't necessarily matter, you could yeah. be getting gold kills and gold damage out of both teams and still technically end up losing. If by you get a, a kill... Not yeah, just losing, losing by a lot. If you get a kill in Valorant, it doesn't matter where that kill is. It's you important. helped your team. Yep. It yes. helped. Yes, it's important. Yeah, now, so they, I mean, I just, I just think, I just think, you know, they... Going out there, I, it gives me more hope for accurately putting people where they need to be. And compared to Overwatch, which is a game I love, but I also think has one of the worst ranking systems probably like ever made. It is it is woefully, woefully just inaccurate. inaccurate. Yeah, it's, it's so inadequate, inaccurate. It, it's just not good. The last question I have here is... Do you believe the MMR system should be transparent, meaning like I should know exactly where I rank compared how much I need to do to be able to go to the next rank? Absolutely. Or like CSGO is completely, it's blind. You don't know you could play a game and win. You could go up on is a there any Is there any downside to letting people know exactly no. how it is? Because, I mean, even if people decide, well, I'm just going to min-max to try and game the system. I mean... Okay. Okay. First of all, that, that should be okay because if, 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 it, if, yeah, if, it, if it's accurate, then people know what to get better at. And if somehow you think that it's not, like they end up gaming the system, and even though they're not that good, they're getting better MMR rating, well, now you know how to change it, right? Well, yeah, yeah. but I mean, it's like in CSGO, right? I could foresee, and not that I disagree with you, but I could foresee, like, uh, I th what's always been said is the more bomb plants or diffuses that you get, right, the higher elo that you'll end up with at the end of the match that may encourage people to just take the bomb and always just try to plant you know what i mean like if they know that it's not how many times you're killed it's just try to get as many bomb plants as possible like i, I don't know but, like, it, but, 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 but if that no loses to, if, if that leads to more losing regardless but if wins and losses are still ranked at the top and you're running trying to plant a bomb and not actually trying to fight or do anything strategic then you will lose other stuff will match. suffer yeah I just, yeah, Every I mean, I, I, I think that you should be able to see it. I just don't know if that will be healthy for communities long. To, you know, I, mean, yeah, I don't know. The more, Maybe I just the don't more care. transparency is always good, in my opinion. No matter what, tell people what exactly they need to do to rank up, and that's part of the frustrating part about many games is that I don't know what actually makes me good. I can tell you in Overwatch, yeah, I'm a pretty good fire. I'm a pretty good Moira. I can't really tell you what makes me good at those besides the fact that when I play those characters, I guess I win more. I feel good. I feel good. I get I mean, medals and they make me feel good. Yeah, I get medals and medals. Little dopamine make, rushes. I, I, yeah, I get medals and medals make me hard. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, 
that 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 doesn't mean anything. I need to know what actually makes me good so I can get better. Um, but with that said, obviously we ain't got the answers. We'll never have the answers, and this is going to be something that is going to remain in the abstract until the end of time. Nobody will know why they're good at video games <laughs> or why they continue to suck at them. But we are going to return with the closing segment of this episode of Checkpoint AFK. We're going to talk about AMC making a very strange decision to not share or not have any universal movies in their theaters for the foreseeable future are they playing hardball hardball or is this finally the death nail for traditional theaters we'll talk about it coming up on checkpoint afk Speaking of exciting, too, uh, another big announcement that just came out, the Dallas Fuel and the Houston Outlaws. We alluded to this last segment, the Lone Star Showdown. This is the first annual uh, 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 presentation of this, the two teams coming together to bring the Overwatch uh, world and the esports world uh, three solid weeks of competitive gameplay against these two rivals. And what's really interesting and unique about this is that following this up after each week on Saturday, uh, there'll be a three-part docu-series that kind of follows the behind-the-scenes of, of what's going on with these rivalries, you know, what the players are experiencing, you know, what they're feeling, how they're dealing with that, to give you that sort of human element, something that, personally, I think that that all of esports is missing and definitely needs to do more of. Uh, but Jake, you also actually get to narrate this uh, this this docu series. Yeah, I think it'll be really fun because you know I know like a lot of the players personally, and um, I've always liked this sort of content. You know, like getting getting to know people on a personal level, showing that to the fans, and and just deepening the connection between the fans and the players. Um, you know, I really like this type of content in traditional sports, and I feel that. Um, it's not about it's not something that is limited to traditional sports like oh, it's a human thing you know mm-hmm. like no matter who you are or what what you're interested in you always are most interested in the people behind it i think that's just human nature um, and this is a series that can hopefully you know highlight that can can serve that need all right, well, we'll definitely be talking about that more, and I look forward to seeing what comes of it, guys. Coming up next, we're going to break down some of the must-see matches of the week coming up here on the Owl's Nest. Stay with us. Hey, it's Weird Beard from Checkpoint XP reminding you to make it blue. Help say thank you to our heroes on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Whether you're streaming, drawing, singing, cooking, or anything else, showcase your talents and hashtag light it blue. You can find more information at our website, CheckpointXP.com. Welcome back to Checkpoint AFK. Your host, Norris Howard, here. Usually we talk about video games, but we're going to take a little quick sidebar right quick and talk about movies, which is something else that we also love here at Checkpoint. But, you know, AMC Theaters. Uh, Now, if you are unfamiliar with AMC, they got theaters all across the world, all across North America. Uh, And they were eyeing bankruptcy already. they They were already looking at bankruptcy. They're not looking that great as no movie theaters are looking that great in a non-Marvel year. But uh, they are having quite a public tiff with Universal Pictures 
uh, over of all movies, Trolls World Tour. Well, now, spe- specifically, it, it was the reaction to, to Trolls World Tour. Yes, and just to give some context, uh, Universal made the decision uh, in the light of, of the coronavirus outbreak that they would simultaneously release Trolls World Tour both in theaters and at home for a video on demand. Now, they made goo gobs of money on that decision, and a lot of people, because kids were at home, uh, they weren't at school, and they'd been sitting at, at the crib, the video on demand did very well, uh, obviously taking money out of the pockets of AMC theaters and other theaters across the world. AMC decided that based on that decision, they would no longer carry any Universal Pictures in their theaters. Uh, so for, that's Fast and Furious 9, Jurassic future. World. Yeah, the, the like, Fast series. It, their Universal Pictures still puts out some pretty big blockbuster films. So that's this, where they this live. This is a big decision. They, yeah, they're they're very much so in the um like running the trailers during the Super Bowl big movies. They're not financing small indie movies. They're not doing any art house movies. Like this is all. Yeah, this is this is not Bad Robot. This is not no. you know right. Miramax. These these are not you know your small budget films these are not your oscar bait yeah no done by these you know art house studios these are big budget big box office smash movies i'd like to read the uh the comment because it wasn't just the fact that they put trolls out the amc's well screw you guys it was a comment Mm -hmm. uh a a comment made by um oh, oh, oh by universal i can't find the exact person but from a uh hollywood reporter article here uh Someone from Universal said the results for Trolls World Tour have exceeded our expectations and demonstrated the viability of uh, PVOB. Um, as soon as theaters reopen, we expect to release movies on both formats. Right. Which cool. um, immediately, immediately is going to cut into, into AMC's profits, period. Oh, yeah. And as, and as you said, the fact that AMC was already looking towards filing bankruptcy, right? They're screwed either way, whether they stop carrying Universal movies See, or whether here, they, they decide to. So well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Classic Norris, let me finish. So <laughs> from from AMC's side, if we continue trying to operate with, you know, a, with uh, Universal doing this, we're screwed, right? If we stop carrying their movies, we're screwed. So what do they actually have to lose by making the threat of we're not going to carry your movies anymore? Still hundreds of millions of dollars is what they stand to lose. Because if you're They're closing anyway. No, dude, if you're going to if you're going to tell me that people are not going to want to go out and watch the next Fast and the Furious movies Some in a will. theater, I, I definitely ridiculous, would. For sure. Right? Because that's where people want to go see those movies. But, if you're going to talk about these You're, you're you know, telling me they're gonna not going to lose money either way. Movies, no, they're going to lose money, but you don't lose all of it. If you're going to tell me I got a choice between making, you know, I made $500 million last year. If you're going to tell me I got the choice between making 250 or making zero from this one studio, that's stupid. It's but, cutting off your nose to spite your face, dude. Yes, this studio can do whatever they want with how they release their films. You are a theater. You play the movies. You shut the fuck up and you play the movies. Now, it's not like... No, dude, this is this is such a stupid decision from Universal. It, it makes no sense. So we need to start off on the correct foot here of saying, talking post-COVID-19, do people still go to movie theaters? That's step one. Some yes. will. 
And yes. step two is in a, in a world where in a world where Marvel movies still exist. Yes. But then that's the next point is step two. What do people still go to movie theaters for? Do they only come out for the huge blockbuster yep. like Ma- Marvel movies or yep. do does any movie except for a blockbuster bring people out because they can't get it other places? And that's what's changing. Like <clears throat> in this post covid world. People aren't going to the theaters to see every little show anymore. And I, I wrote a piece about this for our website way back when this was all beginning. Uh, as soon as Disney announced that Onward was going straight to streaming, the genie's out of the bottle. This is the end of the way things have happened in theaters. The only reason people have accepted having to see things in theaters first is because that was the only option. And it was just beaten into our head that that's how it was. Yeah, no one's going to see the next Seth Rogen Judd Apatow movie. It's not happening. Nope, they not just if I can won't watch do it at home. Oh, and but 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 the the writing for that already was on the wall, and it was even before onward. When when you're right, when Roma when Roma, our Oscar level quality film came out on Netflix instead of coming out to theaters first, people were like, "Oh my god, this will change everything," and it did. But the point is, people still went out to see those big budget films and. <laughs> To me, and to you me, s- to me, to say that we will knowingly cut off pretty much the last source of profitability that we have as a movie theater based off principle is stupid. It's so not based off of principle, yeah. though. You nope. said yourself, or, or one of you yourself said that AMC was already debating bankruptcy. That means mm-hmm. that even at the rate at the rate things were going. They wouldn't survive. Yeah, so, now this shit down. So, so now, so now, if they're looking at at even more profit going away, they can't just stick to. Well, I guess we'll take what we take. They have to do something to stem the bleeding. So right? hold on. So tell me. So tell me who goes to AMC theaters because they support them in their choice to to stick it to Universal. How do they make more money? How do they make no. their situation better? No one. And and this this work rate or, or this move rate here isn't to try and endear the public. This is, and, and it's not going to work either way. What they're hoping is that Universal will stick to the wait 60 days after theatrical release they're not to put it, it on digital. No, but they're right. They're not. They're I, not. I, but I, AMC I, cannot just sit down and take it. They have to do something. I, 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 I agree I, with you. This isn't it. This yeah. isn't what they should be doing, but they do have to do Hold something. Hold on, hold on. This, this is really important. Fading at the edges in our in our chat says, I know a couple that owns a small private theater, and they're probably going to lose it. Yeah, yeah. because movie yeah. Th- people are not going to movies, especially not small theaters, to see these smally, small releases. And yes, that sucks. And I, and I really, really want small theaters to continue to exist because they play really great films. But at the same time, if you own a movie theater, if you are a theater conglomerate, <laughs> ooh, excuse me, that was good. charming. Uh, if you if you are a movie theater owner, it doesn't it, it seeing the writing on the wall for digital distribution of films. No, it does not help you. And Robbie, I agree with you. They're damned if they do, damned if they don't. But at the same time. You have to, in a time where people are not making money, you got to be making as much money or looking to make as much money as you can before you start making some really tough decisions. It's it's silly to say, oh, we're not going to carry Universal films when Vin Diesel is still bankrolling Fast and Furious films. I'm sorry, now, that's stupid. There's it's, still... it's not going to work out, obviously, because this is the type of threat that you can make. And if Universal doesn't buckle, all right, you know what? Fine, we'll keep. I guess we'll keep taking. You know, we'll keep using them after all. Because Universal's not going to come back and go. 
nah, you know what? We don't want to put the movies in your theater because they're going to take their money where they can get it. What I honestly feel like this is, though, is we there's one big name that we haven't said and brought up in this conversation, which is what I think is driving all of this. The Mouse House, Disney. Yes, the House of Mouse, baby. I, I really think, because I don't think it's about Universal. I think it's about Disney, because Disney already does this shit where they go, yo, you're going to run, if you want to run Avengers, the biggest movie of the year, you got to run it for five, six months. You X have to amount of it. weeks. Yeah, all the and they own it. Pretty soon, Disney is just going to buy all the all movie theaters, and they are going to run only Disney movies, and they are going to make it so that hey, you want to come out and, you and can guess always, what? And guess what? With a decision like this, AMC makes that significantly more possible. Listen, yeah, when AMC goes bankrupt and Disney can buy them for pennies on the dollar, you better yeah. believe that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, uh, Robbie, a, you mentioned a, that this is, the writing's been on the wall for this for a while, and I think. You're right. What we're seeing, though, uh, Norris, I think you said it, coronavirus isn't bringing about anything new. It's just accelerating the timeline. We're just yes. we're, we've, we've, Absolutely. We've, we've suddenly but, but, jumped five years in the future. But the, but the point that but the point that we're is bringing up is the most important point mm. is that Disney has enough money to go in and buy AMC and literally make them 200 seats worth of Disney movies. If yep. they sat back and said, hey, we're running. Here it is, AMC Theaters running a special. Go see Star Wars like it was 1977, original cut. See it in theaters. Like, they will have the power to be able to do that, and they'll have the money to be able to do that. And they'll pack that house, by the way. And they'll pack it. It's also the only way. Hold on. And they'll pack it every single time. But, but, AMC is shooting themselves in the foot because they would lose all autonomy to be able to play whatever movies that it is that they want if that happens. They, and by doing this decision, by saying we're not going to play Universal movies because we're upset that we lost money on Trolls, shut up, okay? Because you're going to lose money it on isn't I, about I don't, Trolls. Yeah, it's, it's not about, about everything Trolls. going forward. Like, they, the movie theaters are so... When I say this, I have zero interest in big business. I want to... Like, most rich people make me very upset. And so... <laughs> But by saying that, movie theater chains have been bullied over the past four or five years, not only from Disney, not only from some of these distribution companies, but even from, like, MoviePass, right? Where, essentially, they gamed the system, hoping that these movie theaters would be able to sell a bajillion million dollars in concessions, didn't do it, and lost their ass on it. And, like, it, I think that movie theaters, and movie theater chains especially, are starting to feel the pressure of, like... Uh, I don't know, drive-in theaters, you know? Like, name me the last drive-in theater that you went to. When Dude, they- Fort, Fort Wyoming, which is yeah. the only one I still know of, and the last time I went, I think I was in high school. Yeah, like, it's been I, I think there's one on Dixie Highway uh, up in Michigan. And somewhere. so, like, once that once movie theater chains get into that same predicament where it's fighting over crumbs and scraps, like, it's just... Yes, it's going to advance, but really, we're starting to see the the big eat the small, and and what's yeah. going to be left over is unfortunately. In in it, order for for the medium, you know, uh, uh, traditional movie theaters to survive, it's going to go the way of traditional theater, and it's going to get to a point where, it's like you said, where where it's more of like you're going specifically for an experience. Is the new Avengers movie out? Okay, that'll be in there, but you're now probably pl- paying. 20 to 30 bucks per ticket to go At and least. see it. You're already paying 20 to $30 a ticket. No, 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 no. I mean, per ticket. I'm not talking about all the other stuff baked in with it. No, no, no. Just I feel the you. seat. I feel you. And, and listen, and to be perfectly honest with you, 
I think not only is that a distinct possibility, I think most people would be okay with it. Like, that's the sad part, is I think most people Consumers, say, it sucks yeah, for the industry, absolutely. though, because it's a lot of people losing their jobs. No, Do you 100%. feel bad? I agree. Do you feel bad for movie theaters? Like, do you think that it's something? Because it's, I mean, yes, it's not. Because, it's unlike, not... because unlike, unlike theater, unlike theater, I think this was, I think theater was a lot more resistant to changing their subject matter, carrying a lot of stuff that was more modern and newer, that more, you know, contemporary uh, audiences would care about, um, as opposed to uh movie theaters which they just been showing movies that come out like people just want to watch movies but they just have been shut down because of the advances in technology i think this is not anything movie theaters could have done about yeah. this i i, I also so think i think it, it comes, is different in that in that sense well and, and i think when it comes to traditional theater as well because unlike with movie theaters where like you said there's a future here where like you know disney or the big conglomerates and corporations just come in and corporatize it and turn it into their own little showroom, you know, uh, traditional theater was still able to keep a certain amount of their integrity. And they're like, you know, look, people will come in and watch it if they can pay for it, but we still get to make what it is that we want to make and show what we want to show. Whereas the movie theaters now, if Disney buys them, all right, that's, that's just it. something else it's in Disney's Disney pocket yep. now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's miniature, it's a miniature Disneyland in every city. So, I mean... It is what it, you know. It, it 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 would be horrible. I would hate to see that for as much as for as much good content as Disney makes. I don't want to see a, a a conglomeration of Disney owned theaters that now show only Disney movies. Like that's like some dystopian like nineteen eighty four shit. You know, I I don't want that. So uh, another part of me in this is just very upset that this decision is made because I want Universal's movies to still be played at theaters that I can get to. And so I think the consumer ultimately is who is harmed the most out of this 100%. in terms of in terms of, you know, being able to experience film the way it was meant to be experienced, which is in a theater. So, you know, that's the biggest thing that I'm upset about. But yeah, the right the writing's on the wall. AMC for as much as I hate their theaters, I, I, I will fight for their right to exist. But uh, I mean, it is it is a frustrating thing to hear, especially considering the situation everybody is in right now, where every industry is is hurting, uh, especially anything that's that's brick and mortar. Well, it's the same but, issue uh, that traditional sports is going to have to deal with in the very near future. Here, they're not selling out stadiums anymore because the home viewing experience is a way better experience in most so cases. And I mean, like, why am I bothering to drive somewhere, find parking, pay ex exorbitant prices for concessions, and deal with annoying people sitting next to me when I could sit at home with annoying people I'm related to and eat things for <laughs> way cheaper? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the whole, I think the whole situation is going to have to change. Everybody's going to have to rethink all of this. Uh, and the world will look very different in terms of in terms of live events. The world will be very, very different for movies and sports moving forward. But that's going to be our episode of Checkpoint AFK. For Robbie Landis, Callie Sloan, and Weird Beard, I'm Norris Howard. Uh, and we hope to see you guys back here one more time for another episode of Checkpoint AFK. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.